and welcome to Population Health Plugin, a show highlighting current public health issues in our community and topics of interest to students across the university. My name is Elena Kidd and I'm a program manager in the Office of Public Health Practice at the University of Alabama Birmingham School of Public Health. I am very excited to be joined today by Mr. Jeff Stover. Jeff is the Executive Advisor to the Health Commissioner at the Virginia Department of Health. He has worked in public health for over 26 years, including 22 years at the Virginia Department of Health, where he has led prior efforts involving statewide sexually transmitted disease prevention and various statewide informatics initiatives. Currently, he is helping to lead the Virginia's exposure notification efforts known as COVID-WISE. He was a 2013 Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Charles C. Shepard Science Award nominee and was recently recognized by the Virginia Business and Magazine as one of the 100 people to meet in 2021. Jeff is also an alum of the UAB School of Public Health and he has a master's of public health degree in epidemiology. He joined us earlier for a career conversation seminar, but we wanted to invite him back also to do a podcast to learn more about what he's been up to since graduating from the School of Public Health. And so we really appreciate you being here today and taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. Thank you, Elena. Nice to be here. So first, I know this past year has been a roller coaster for probably every health department across the nation. So I just want to say thank you for all that you and your colleagues are doing to protect the health of the people in Virginia. And I also wanted to check in to see how you are doing. Yeah, well, that, that's much appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, we are working very hard, uh, as you well know. Um, you know, it has been a roller coaster. It's been very interesting, very difficult at times, uh, but at the same time, you know, extremely rewarding. I don't think we've ever had a time in public health when more people in the general population have felt uh, a necessity for public health to do the things that we do quite like we're seeing, you know, over the past year. So, so that's, uh, that's an upside to, to where we'll go in public health, uh, and we'll look forward to getting there. And so you hold the position of executive advisor to the health commissioner at the Virginia Department of Health. So what does this position entail? What are some of the main responsibilities of executive advisor to the health commissioner? Or maybe a better question may be, what would this position normally look like if you if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic? Um, how has your job changed since the start of COVID-19? Yeah, so so th those those are great questions. Um, you know, executive advisor, depending on where you go, uh, different state agencies, et cetera, may refer to these kind of roles differently. Uh, you, it may be best to kind of think of it as kind of a chief of staff type of position. We don't have someone at our uh, state agency that's in a chief of staff position, but if there were, it would likely be this position. Uh, so, you know, I work directly for the health commissioner. I am there to uh, lead various efforts. You know, I do a lot of uh, assurance of collaboration throughout the agency with local health departments, people in the state office. Uh, I lead some uh, agency forum meetings that we have once a week to try and ensure that you know, connectivity is happening uh, across the agency as needed. I fill in for the commissioner at various stakeholder meetings or for different types of committees. You know, he can't be everywhere at once. Uh, so I do a lot of uh, external work on his behalf uh, and then, you know, also there to really be kind of someone who is serving um, in, in a position of providing recommendations to the health commissioner, you know, keeping an eye on what's happening on the pulse of the agency, 
and, and really out there working and, and chatting with people so that I can ensure that the health commissioner has the best site on what's happening in the agency as possible. And I'm sure right now with COVID-19 that he's probably busy, really busy doing a lot of different initiatives and activities. So definitely probably has relied on you for a lot of things during this time period. Yeah, no, that's true. And you know, I didn't, I didn't get to your last question, I suppose, about how the job has changed since COVID-19. Yeah, ironically, I started this specific role uh, as, as the executive advisor to the health commissioner about three or four days after the pandemic started, uh, or after we really started ramping things up in early March of last year. So pretty much the entire time I've been in this role, we've been in our pandemic emergency response state. Going forward, it'll look a lot like the things I was talking about in hindsight. You know, it's it's been a lot of work and, and really pulling on specific things. I mean, we'll, we'll touch on uh, some of the stuff that I've been involved in probably, but you know, one of those really has to do with exposure notifications. Alabama has has done the same thing, uh, and and you know, we we need people to head up all of these different initiatives and help to guide them as we go forward. Yeah, so that that is COVID wise, correct? That's correct. Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about COVID wise and your involvement with? with this initiative? Apple and Google last March, eight, maybe April, uh, came out with a framework uh, for how they felt like they could help in the world of COVID-19 by providing a Bluetooth low energy solution to uh, ensure that we can notify relevant people of potential exposures. So that's kind of contact tracing, but not quite the same thing. Uh, I would refer to them as kind of close cousins. Uh, Virginia jumped on that, and and I ended up, you know, kind of being what we'll refer to me as perhaps the overall responsible party. I headed up the marketing and the, and the overall initiatives. Uh, our CIO headed up all things IT associated with it. We started putting together an exposure notification app known as COVIDWISE. Um, and you know that required a lot of work. Uh, we worked very hard on that for a while. We were the first state in the country to launch such an app uh, back on the 5th of August last year. Uh, and fortunately for us, I think it's been pretty successful. We hit a million downloads on Valentine's Day. Uh, and then we, we also implemented an express version of it, which Apple has done for iPhone users. So people who didn't already have an app downloaded can do it a slightly different way. I won't, won't bore you with all the details, but they don't have to download an app. If you have an iPhone, you can just turn on exposure notifications if the state has allowed it. Uh, so we worked with Apple to do that. And we've got another uh, about 830,000 users that are using the express version. So, so we're over 1.8 million people in Virginia who have, who are using their mobile devices to, to help, you know, fight COVID. So that's excellent. That's excellent. And I'm sure it's more than just, you know, designing it and working with Apple and Google, it's communicating it out to the public and then convincing them to download it. So I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's been a long and a big project for you. Yeah, it's it. There's been a statewide marketing campaign associated with it, as you can well imagine. There's trust issues when it comes to these kinds of things, you know, both from a public health standpoint, which are completely legitimate, and people haven't forgotten things like Tuskegee. Um, and so, you know, we have trust issues, and then we have issues of, you know, with our, you know, Latino populations about 
immigration and and how are we using these types of things what will they be used for are you collecting personally identifiable information are you not all those kinds of things are legitimate questions and things that we really needed to tackle up front i guess a little bit used to doing projects like this how is it or is it different from what you were previously doing with the health department or how does this build upon your previous experience working there sure uh so i think you stated i've been at, i've been at vdh for about um I've been here 22 years, about 19 years of that was spent in epidemiology, um, specifically in the STD and HIV realm. Uh, but as part of that, you know, because those programs have such big data, uh, we had a lot of informatics initiatives associated with that as well. So there was a time when I was, I was running our informatics program uh, and kind of these enhanced surveillance types of programs for HIV and STD. Uh, some of them dealt with geographic information systems and geocoding systems and how we were improving data quality, et cetera. So I did a lot of that for a number of years. Uh, so COVID-wise was an easy, I wouldn't say, it's not an easy lift. That's not what I mean. But um, it was relatively easy for me to move into that slot to help, you know, from, from a data and an informatics perspective to make sure that this project moved along well uh, and without a hitch. And so switching topics a little bit, you graduated with your MPH in epidemiology. What made you choose public health for your graduate degree? There's a twofold answer here. I think uh, if I can go back to when I was a child uh, and I used to, you know, my father was a, a pipe smoker um, and pipes, I think, were already on the out, but but he was a pipe smoker. And I used to go around and, and take his pipes apart and take the filters out and put them back together. And, and leave them where I found them and then hide the filters so that when he would go to use it, he would cough and, and he would, he never did get mad actually, uh, but he got irritated occasionally. But that was my first foray in hindsight to saying, oh, I think public health is in your future. Then when I went to my undergrad, um, I studied environmental health at Old Dominion University in Norfolk and, and I got very interested in foodborne disease as part of my environmental health studies. Uh, so as I was ramping that up, uh, getting near the end, I decided to continue that on uh, and go ahead and, and assess doing an MPH, uh, specifically in epidemiology, with the purpose at that point of really looking to go into foodborne disease epidemiology once I graduated. But then, so you went from, from focusing on environmental health to doing epidemiology to then working for the health department. Can you talk a little bit about your transition from graduate school and your MPH to working for a state health department? Because what you're planning to do isn't necessarily what you ended up doing in the health department. Yeah, that, no, that's that's correct. When I graduated uh, with my undergrad, you know, industrial hygiene is a part of the environmental health realm. And so when I graduated, I, I worked for about um, six months or so in an environmental consulting firm working in their lab. Uh, asbestos, you know, testing, lead paint testing, uh, leachate testing, those kinds of things. And, and that was while I was waiting to head off to Alabama for grad school. Um, so when I did that, I, I ended up, um, my advisor at UAB was running some big female condom trials and um, he needed someone to run his lab. I needed a job. So I jumped in there, started doing that worked with him for the entire time that I was at UAB. Um, and that got me in the world of sexual health because one of the big studies that he was running at the time were the clinical trials for the female condom. Uh, so this was the, you know, 
mid to late 90s, the female condom wasn't on the market yet. UAB was doing the clinical trials all about that. So that got my feet wet really in the sexual health realm, like I said. So when a position came back up in, in Virginia and it was, it was like an assistant director position, mid-management level uh, to, to help with uh, epidemiology related to STD and HIV, that kind of was my link. Uh, and we were, I was from Virginia to begin with, so we were looking to come back this way. And uh, so that really was the opportunity for me to, to jump into that kind of position. Fortunately, I, I got it. Um, and, you know, the transition wasn't bad. Uh, I think there were some people who thought that, you know, when you transition from academia, which I was working full time at UAB at that point, doing like research coordination um, to state health departments, that they that can sometimes be a difficult uh, transition for some folks. I didn't really see it that way. I don't think I've been at I don't think I've been at UAB long enough for to, to get entrenched in the way that academia would work versus the way a state health department works. So I didn't really see that transition as being difficult at all. Um, you know, it was it was merely kind of one job to the next in a sense. And now you've been working for the Virginia Department of Health for 22 years. What do you enjoy most about working at the health department? I think, you know, thinking about my 19 years working in sexually transmitted disease in particular, the people who work in that field and in public health in general are, you know, are second to none, in my opinion. I know that's a biased statement, but I think it's true. Um, you know, folks who are in public health are really doing it because of the innate desire to, to make a difference. Uh, and, and that's really what drives me. Uh, I, I'd like driving home. Well, I like driving home when I can go to work. Uh, I like at the end of the work day, knowing that whatever I've done that day was actually doing some small part to make a difference in the lives of people in your jurisdiction, your state, your city, county, et cetera. Um, and that's different than a lot of other jobs. Uh, and I, that, that really drives me. It drives a lot of the people I work with. Uh, and, and I think that separates people who are studying public health who work at universities or even in you know, state and local agencies who do public health, there is a common link between all of us uh, with that desire. Uh, and I think that that bonds us and it creates a working environment that's second to none. And that's something that I think we hear a lot, or at least I heard a lot going through my MPH was you don't go into public health to be rich but you go into public health to make a difference in the community. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what experiences or opportunities at the School of Public Health prepared you for your career? Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a great question. I think uh, UAB was superb uh, at, at really helping to, to get me where I am today. Uh, and what I mean by that is largely the, the opportunities that I had available to me when I got there. Uh, and that was you know, my advisor needing someone to run a lab um, I had the right kind of experience. Uh, it was the right place at the right time. So uh, having, I was able to add on to my laboratory experience, add in experiences related to sexual health. Um, and at the same time, uh, this same advisor was working on some occupational health studies as well. Uh, so I, I did some research coordination for him, both on leukemia studies, like in the tire rubber industry, as well as these female condom studies, as well as doing some additional coordination work with some of the um, studies that Ned Hook, Dr. Ned Hook, who is still at UAB, was, was doing at the time. Uh, so 
all those types of experiences really were just superb. Uh, they, they beefed up my resume at the time. You know, most of us who are in public health school, you know, we're, we're looking to add things to that resume, right? And, you know, that was extremely helpful um, in really providing me the types of opportunities uh, and experiences that were really going to help me be successful and compete well once I got out into the you know, job market. Yeah, that, that firsthand experience is just so important, especially as you try to get your first job out of college. Yeah, absolutely. So in your opinion, what can students do while they're in school to prepare them to enter the workforce and start their careers? Yeah, um, well, I, I, think, I think at the end of the day that the most important thing that students can do is be an opportunist. Uh, and I say that with all of the the best intentions. There's no negativity associated with that. I think sometimes we tend to think that. We think being an opportunist is, is a negative connotation and it shouldn't be. You're in school studying public health because you, you do wanna make a difference, but you also have to, you need to make a name for yourself in some form and fashion. So I think, I think the students need to come in, they need to, as best they can, start to figure out what their niche is, right? What, what are the things that they really find that makes them tick? So they need to do that. They need to get their feet wet with those kinds of things in their local health department. Go to Jefferson County Health Department. Find out where you can, you can get involved. You may find that doing some of those things that you thought you were interested in were not at all things that you're interested in. And that is so worthwhile, right? You'd rather figure that out while you're studying than when you take a job and then realize that it really wasn't what you were looking for. Uh, so I think you, you really need to get out there and figure out what you think you want to do. Uh, and at the same time, you need to network. You know, I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to network with people, not only at the school, um, but you know, as you have opportunities to get to know people who are in your field, you really need to take advantage of that, do it well, you know, become members of LinkedIn. If students aren't already there, they need to get in, they need to start building that network. Uh, that's really gonna help them as they move forward. And that's something we definitely talk to students about as they complete their internship is, you know, it's not just an opportunity to try out something that, you know, you think you might like, um, but it's, it's an opportunity to kind of expand your horizons and maybe venture out to, do something that you may not have originally thought of. And like you said, take the opportunity to kind of get your feet wet and um, see if there's different fields you might be interested in. So thank you so much for being here today. It was great talking with you and we really appreciate you sharing your story with our listeners. Yeah, thank you, Elena, for having me. It's been a pleasure uh, and good luck to you guys as you continue on with, with your current class and uh, and your future and your students that are coming in. UAB was a great place. Uh, I miss you guys, and uh, I hope everything goes well there for you in Alabama throughout the rest of the pandemic. Thank you so much, and thank everyone for listening. Please tune in next time for another episode of Population Health Plugins. <laughs>